As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. And again, it's me and Joel. Where is your mother? Mama is on a very special assignment. She is, but she's going to be back soon. And your brother, Paul, where is he? He's on a very special assignment. I'm telling you, Joel. And what about you and me? <laughs> I guess we're, we're also on assignment. Yeah, that's right. No, actually, Mama, she's being, her special assignment is being a grandmother. She's being a grandmother right now. And there's another brother, another son, Philip. And Philip lives in the United States. He has a wonderful music ministry, Philip Renner Ministries. I'm so proud of what he's doing. He's preaching and leading worship all over the nation. You know, it's just great to be a family called together. That's right. Amen. I pray that for you. That God will extend a special call to your entire family in Jesus' name. Hey, reach out to us and let us know how to pray for you. Just send us an email or call us. If you can't get through to us, we'll call you back. I promise you that. And anybody who's ever reached out to us in our ministry knows you really get prayed for when you reach out to us and God really answers. So let us know how to pray for you. But this week in the regular TV program, I'm doing a series called How to Build Up Your Most Holy Faith. Praying in the Spirit, building your faith, and becoming an instrument in the hands of God. That's what we're going to be looking at today how you can become an instrument in the hands of God. And it comes with a study guide. And the study guide today is free. All you have to do is go to renner.org. You can download it for free right now. And Joel, what about that book? This book is one of your books. It's called Last Day's Survival Guide. And it is one wonderful book. It is. It's one and of my favorites. I like in this book is the action steps at the end of each chapter. Yeah. Practical things we can do to really understand what we need to do as believers in, this, in these last days, because I think we can all agree that we are living in strange times. And the strangeness is just getting more and more strange. And this, that's what the last times are. Last days is gonna be perilous times. So how do we live through these perilous times, practical steps, that's what this book is about. You know, I learned long ago that God's not in the business of scaring anybody, but he's in the business of preparing us. And he loves us so much, he told us these things in advance. Mm -hmm. So if we know what he said is coming, then we know how to prepare. And that's why I wrote that book. But hey, let's go to Jude, because that's what we're studying in home group this week. And I'm going to begin today by giving you the RIV of Jude verse 20 and verse 21. So listen careful. Oh, wait a minute. The RIV? RIV. What is it, Joel? Renner's interpretive version? That's what it is. And what is an interpretive version? An interpretive version is a conceptual interpretation of the New Testament. It. it is not a word-by-word -word translation. It is a conceptual interpretation, which means some people call it a dynamic interpretation. I'm reaching into the Greek language. I'm pulling out all the images, all the meanings in those words into our text to give a broader comprehension of what's really being communicated. And I have another question. Okay. Now, I really don't know the answer to this. Okay. But... When is the RIV going to come out? Well, I'm working on it. I've already done the book of Jude. I'm doing 1 Peter and 2 Peter and James, and the first installment of those books probably will be sometime in the near future. Well, I think those will be exceptional. Thank you. I appreciate that. Every once in a while, Dad reads to me his work on the RIV, his interpretive version of the Bible, and I think it's exceptional. Well, thank you. It's based on the Greek. 
but it's not a word-by-word -word translation. It's an interpretation. But let's go to RIV of Jude, verse 20. On the other hand, beloved, I call you that because it's the only word I know how to express how deeply I love and cherish you. That's an interpretation of the Greek word agapatoi. You must intentionally do all you can to focus on building and further expanding your spiritual lives on top of the foundation of your most holy faith. It's really talking about the scriptures. And then he adds, be constantly drawing near as you pray in the realm and in the control of the Holy Spirit, which means praying in the Spirit should be something we constantly do. And as we pray in the Spirit, we draw near in a supernatural way. And something else happens when we pray in the Spirit, and that's described in verse 21. And as you pray in the Holy Spirit, vigilantly keep yourself in the inexpressible, indescribable, unspeakable love of God. Praying in the Spirit keeps you in the love of God. And if you're having trouble walking in love with someone else, pray in tongues. It will keep you in the love of God. If you feel like you need to experience more of the love of God, pray in tongues. This verse says, when you pray in the realm and the control of the Holy Spirit, you keep yourself in the inexpressible, indescribable, unspeakable love of God. But then he adds, and be reaching out to embrace and lay hold of. The Greek word here describes an expectation. When you pray in tongues, it creates in you the ability to reach out by faith, you have an expectation to lay hold of the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word mercy is the Greek word elios. And the word elios, Joel, is not just pity. Mercy is something that acts. That's why we're offering these boxes of relief right That's now. Right. People right now are really displaced. They're in great need. And if all we do is say, that's so sad, that doesn't change anything. That's not mercy. That's just pity. And, and mercy does something. And we and everyone who gave this wanted to do something. So we as a ministry said, well, what can we do? Let's do that. And so we put together these relief packages and we asked you if you wanted to be a part of it. And we want to say thank, thank you for you. helping people. But that's what this is talking about. But when it talks about the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, think how terrible it would be if Jesus looked at us and all the things we go through and he just said, pitiful. That is just pitiful. <laughs> and did nothing. That is just, just look at that. That is just, they're in such trouble. That is just pitiful. And just looked at it. That is not mercy. Mercy is elios. It's a, it's a feeling that drives you. It's a compulsion. I've got to do something to fix this. And by using this word mercy, we find there is a power of God available to us. And when we pray in tongues, it enables us to grab hold of that power, grab hold of that divine activity of our Lord Jesus Christ that extends even into the vast expanse of eternal life. Then we come to verse 22. That's where we're going to start today. And if some have compassion, making a difference. And Joel, the word compassion is the same word, elios. It's a deep-seated emotion that says, I've got to do something to fix that. I've got to do something to help that person. And it says that we are to have compassion and make a, making a difference, making a difference. The Greek word diakrino, listen to this. It's a compound of the word dia. The word dia describes a vacillation. The word crino means to think, but when you put the two words together, it's a going back and forth. It's an instability in what one thinks and what one believes. 
This is a person so confused. He's doubting. He's wobbling. He's wavering. He's vacillating. Well, wait a minute. What's the book of Jude about? People that are vacillating in their faith. What is vacillating in their faith? Going back and forth. They're wobbling. They're instable in their faith. One day they believe. One day they don't. They're listening to stuff that they shouldn't be listening to. It's kind of leading them off track. And now Jude says, don't just sit around and say, so pitiful. Look how they're getting off track. He says, have compassion. Elias, do something to help them. Some of these people are vacillating in their faith. And you need to do what you can to help them stop their vacillating. Get them back rooted in their faith. And actually, the RIV of Jude verse 22 is like this. And for some, it is essential that you be moved with compassion that does more than simply feel sorry about their plight. You must let compassion move you to take action, to do whatever you can to make a difference for those who are uncertain, doubtful, and even vacillating back and forth in their faith. And then in verse 23, he continues to say, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And the word and in Greek is the word dea conjunction, which here describes something that is amazing, categorical, or emphatic, emphatically some you need to save with fear. And the word save is the Greek word which was used to mean to act urgently, urgently to deliver or rescue somebody who is in trouble. We're talking about a rescue operation. He's saying for some, you need to swing into a rescue operation and do it with fear. What does the word fear mean? Terror. It doesn't mean fear of fear. It means with alarm. You need to be alarmed about their condition. If you know somebody that's getting off in their faith or they're embracing a lifestyle that is not scripture, it should alarm you. It should alarm you. And that's what he's saying. You should be alarmed by this, so alarmed that it drives you to do something to help them. Pulling them out of the fire. And the word pulling them is a form of the Greek word harpazo, which means to snatch someone out of a dangerous situation, to seize to deliver, to snatch out just in the nick of time. And again, it describes a rescue operation. In fact, he says, pulling them out of, out of is the Greek word, ek. It's where you get the word for an exit. It means right out. You got to help them make an exit out of what they're thinking and where they are, out of the fire. The word fire describes the flames that are whirling and twirling and arching up toward the sky as they engulf everything in its path. And here Jude is telling us with great compassion, if we don't do something to help these people, they're going to be devoured by what they're embracing. Mm. Rather than just sit by and say, that is just so pitiful, they're going to be destroyed. Do something. Do something to help them. Joel? (laughs) It's the truth. You know, I think sometimes with your relatives, you know, you love your relatives so much. You see something going on in their life and you want to help them. You're, You're moved to do something for them. You don't even care what it costs. You just want to do something for them, to help them, get them out of that situation. I think that's another way to describe this. When you see someone you love in a a bad situation, going the wrong direction, you want to just get in their lives and pull them out of that horrible situation. Sometimes they don't want your rescue. So all you can do is pray. But hey, praying is powerful. That's what you're going to find out tomorrow. Praying is really powerful. But there is an example of a believer who wobbled in his faith, who departed from his faith, that was rescued. And we find that example in 2 Peter 2, verse 7. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of Lot. 
And the Bible says, and God delivered just Lot who was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. And the word delivered, Joel, is the word ruomai. It's very similar to the word harpazo. It pictures a last dish a last ditch effort to save someone who's on the brink of destruction and it means to snatch. God literally moved just before judgment fell and snatched Lot out of a bad situation. And the Bible says he was vexed with a filthy conversation of the wicked. Well, Lot was a righteous man. The Bible goes on to tell us that in verse 8. He was a righteous man, but he wasn't living righteously. Maybe you know somebody that's saved, but they're not living like saved people. They're not living up to what they know. They've departed. Maybe they've embraced some kind of nonsense, but they're saved. Well, God can snatch them out of that mess. Lot was vexed, and the word vexed describes a person that is worn down, gives up, surrenders, throws up the white flag, just yields to everything around him. And when you come to verse 8, it says, That righteous man... Dwelling among them, dwelling among who? Sodomites, people who were thinking wrong, doing wrong, living wrong, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. He was with the wrong crowd and he was in the wrong place. And people usually begin to get off in their faith when they're with the wrong crowd and they're listening to the wrong things. Mm -hmm. They become influenced. That's what happened to Lot. Here he was a righteous man. He walked in faith with Abraham and ended up in Sodom, one of the leaders of Sodom, endorsing the lifestyle of all the Sodomites. How can you go from walking in faith to that? In living among them day after day, seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing, his soul became so affected by his environment that it no longer bothered him anymore and he became one of them. But he was a righteous man. That's amazing. But... The verse goes on to say, verse 9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. And the word deliver, again, the Greek word ruomai, the Lord knows how to get them out, even if as a last ditch effort, he knows how to snatch those that are on the brink of destruction. And that's what we're supposed to do. And that goes back to Jude verse 23 which says, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Is there ever a right time for hate? Yeah, this is a right moment for hate. The word hate here means to abhor, to find something utterly repulsive. The word garment pictures your undergarment which is worn next to your skin, which means this is a defilement which begins on the exterior. But if you don't deal with it, it will work its way all the way through your clothes, all the way through your life until you're deeply, deeply affected by it. Spotted by the flesh. The word spotted is the Greek word spilos. It's where you get the word to spill. It describes something that's spotted or something that is stained. And the RIV of this verse is like this. And indeed... There are some in such serious condition that there's no choice but for you to urgently swing into action to deliver, rescue, and save them. You should be so alarmed by their condition that you're willing to do whatever is necessary to snatch them out of the fire, detesting and hating the contamination that has so deeply defiled them. They are so ill-affected by the flesh 
that they are regretfully like a garment sullied through every layer of clothes all the way to the undergarments. My friends, that is a very powerful statement. And we have to do what we can to help them. Now, Joe, a lot of people say, well, this describes my son. This describes my friend. I don't know what to do to help them. I try to talk to them. They don't want to hear what I have to say. They're listening to other people. Yeah. So what do you do if you have somebody that you need to save, you need to rescue, but they don't want to hear what you have to say? Well, there's something you can do. You say, well, what is it? I'm going to find out tomorrow. It's going to be good tomorrow, Joel. That's right. But I think what Abraham did for, for Lot is just remarkable. That's what we're going to see tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. We're going to find the answer in the story of Abraham and Lot. But please, if you know somebody that you're concerned about right now, Call us and let us pray with you. We'll keep it confidential. Nobody will ever know you called, and we will really pray for you or send us an email. But, Father, we thank you that we could be together tonight in the Word of God. We thank you for the amazing book of Jude. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.